Hey, Kobe, where are we? You're at 109 right now. Peace and blessings. Welcome to IC109 Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Wiggs. We're going to begin with some words from Sad Guru. Sad Guru, please give us some wisdom here. Check it out. Yoga is essentially understanding, aligning your system with the cosmic geometry. See, in the yogic system, we see the body as 114 chakras, 72,000 nadis meeting in 114 junctions, which are called as chakras. Out of these two are outside your body, 112 inside the body. Of this 112, there are four about which you don't have to do anything. They are like that. If other things work, they will flower by themselves. So there are only 108 with which you can work. So 108 has become significant. If you wear any beads, people wear 108 beads. If they say a mantra, 108, because these are the 108 chakras that you need to work with. This 108 number is significant and you will see it in the East. Everything is 108 because the, the diameter of the sun and the distance between the earth and the sun is 108 times. The diameter of the moon and the distance between the moon and the earth is 108 times. The diameter of the earth and the diameter of the sun is 108 times. And in this body, there are 108 chakras that you can work upon. So the cosmic geometry, I can go into a lot of arithmetic which will match with your human system. And these things we have been conscious of and that is how we came up with 84 basic asanas. Out of these 84, if you do 21 of them properly and you just master one, your system will get aligned with the cosmic system. Once it's aligned, everything that you need to know about the cosmos is right here. All right, guys. Sadhguru has uh, explained it, okay? Um... I was in sort of some disbelief, so I went to uh, Wikipedia, I found the uh, diameter of the sun, I did some math, and I figured it out, and essentially he's correct. Um, there's, the numbers are not exact, it's not 108 exactly, and I believe as we progress and move into the future, those numbers are going to be thrown off a bit, um, but essentially um, 108 is a really good rough estimate of the diameter of the sun and the distance of earth to the sun as he explained it okay because um i might mess it up you know but that's what it is so 108 boom that's that's it right there but then he also said that as human beings we have to or we can um become in uh, in line you know with the uh the cosmic uh energy or cosmic um the world the universe right so basically what I'm saying here is I have found myself in um, alignment um, with the cosmos. I mean, that's why the IC109 podcast has come to uh, fruition. That's why I have this website, um, ic109.store, ic109.com. That's why I'm, I'm doing all of this because so much has happened to me that um, I have to share it. I really have to share it because it's bizarre, it's wild, and it's intriguing and interesting, okay? Now, you're probably scratching your head saying, but Sadhguru was talking about 108, and Larry, you keep talking about 109. 
Okay. So what the connection here is, is this. Um, you see, there's a bead. Uh, there's the Mala bead necklace. And the necklace has 108 beads. And you meditate uh, with the mantra. You repeat the mantra um, 108 times. Because as Sadhguru explained, 108 is a significant, um, you know, very elevated number. But here's the other thing that he did not mention. But this is... The, this is part of the mala bead. There is one bead that connects all of the other beads. And you can't have the, the, the necklace without this particular bead that creates the connection among all of these other beads. So in order to make your mala bead necklace for meditation, you need to have 109 beads, in fact. All right? And... That particular bead, the 109th bead, is called the Guru Bead. I should find what Sadhguru says about the Guru Bead. Um, that would be more impressive. But hey, I'm creating this uh, on the fly, and um, I just uh, I didn't I didn't do it. Shame on me. Forgive me. I made a mistake. All right. So anyhow, now why is 109 important why do i keep harping on 109 it's because i identify with 109 okay and i identify with 109 because i am a i'm i'm developing my storytelling ability i'm telling the story of 109 actually i'm i am doing what 109 is supposed to do i'm supposed to connect all of these points all of these 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 things because I am to bring light, shed light. That's the goal. That's the uh, job of 109. The guru is to bring light where there is darkness. And so I'm sharing my story because the story is not about me. The story is about 108. And the story is about a very particular person who was cosmically aligned way before all of us, okay? And that's... So that's how really deep this can get. Now, with this uh, this podcast here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just run down all of these moments of 109 synchronicity, okay, that were moments um, when 109 was calling me, you know, to um, calling me into alignment, okay? So I'm going to run them down as quickly as I can. All right. First in 2004... All right. Um, this is when I first called on uh, 109. All right. And it became apparent to me that there was something here. Right. 2004, I bought my first car and uh, I bought a personalized license plate in California. And my license plate was 109 LAW2. Now, I chose those numbers. I chose those numbers because 109 is an allusion to my birthday. 10-9 or October, the 10th month and 9, the 9th day. So I put that on my license plate that was the very first time i had ever called 109 into uh into my orbit so to speak of course that was my birthday i always knew it but i didn't i didn't you know put it on the on, on the front line so to speak you know everyone could see it on my car or whatever and that's all that's all that ever happened i just put it on my car and that was it done now three years later after i graduated from university um I found myself jobless in Los Angeles, and a friend of mine told me, go look for a job in Asia. So I did that, and his suggestion was China 
But because I had had more experiences with South Korea in Los Angeles, what with my classmates being South Korean, my friends being South Korean, I had studied the Korean martial art of Taekwondo ever since I was five years old. And you see where I'm going with this? There, there's so many connections that I have with Korea. I felt more comfortable traveling to South Korea. And I thought it would be more advantageous and beneficial to me because I would be able to uh, further my knowledge of Korean, the Korean language, uh, the Korean martial arts. And yeah, so plus uh, my first Taekwondo instructor, Mr. Jamie Anderson, always told me, Larry, you should go to South Korea. And I never had a way to get to South Korea until 2007 when I decided, hey, I need a, I need a job. And my buddy was like, there are jobs in Asia. So it was like, okay, I was in alignment. And I said, I'm going to go to Korea. Sure enough, things worked out and I started working in Korea in 2007. Boom. All right. Now, the first friend I made in, in South Korea, okay, was... Um, a New Zealander named Luke, and Luke and I share the same birthday, 10-9. There it is. My first friend in Korea, he and I share the same birthday. Imagine that, all right? Then, I continue to work in South Korea. Um, well, you know what? I have, to I have to mention this. I was going to hold off to mention it, but it's, it's significant. In South Korea, our birthday, you know, Luke and I shared our birthday on October 9th, but we also shared our birthday with a national holiday. It's uh, Korean Language Procl uh, Proclamation Day, a promulgation um, day. And um, that's pretty doggone significant because every year that our birthday rolled around, we had the day off. So that was an even greater alignment because we were like, hey, should we stay in Korea or should we go home or should we try a different country? And it was kind of like, nah. Korea's giving us uh, a day off on our birthday, man. That's hugely significant. We're going to stick around. And I think that at least played a little bit, you know, on us. Like, hey, man, this is pretty cool. We get our birthdays off, you know. Um, so that was, you know, something. But again, that's just something that has to do with our birthdays and has really nothing to do with um, anything greatly significant or, you know. That was just a very personal coincidence, all right? Now, up until this point, everything was just a coincidence. Oh, okay, coincidence that my first friend in Korea shared the same birthday. Oh, it's a coincidence that our birthdays line up with a, um, a national holiday. Oh, it's just a coincidence. All right, now by 2010, I'm still in Korea. I actually lived in Korea for more than nine years. But by 2010, here's something that interesting that started happening. Um, I was working at a university as a university instructor, and um, I had a funky schedule. My schedules always change. Every three months, every semester, um, my schedule would change, and I always had a funky schedule. There were other teachers who had better schedules, like they'd work from like 9 in the morning until 12 in the afternoon, and then they had the rest of the day to themselves, and maybe they had Fridays off. That's beautiful. In my case, I never got a schedule that beautiful. I would always start maybe at, at 9 in the morning on a Monday, maybe 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, maybe 12 noon on a Wednesday, um, maybe 2 p.m. on a Thursday. And then by Friday, I'm starting at 3 p.m., not finishing until after 5 p.m. You see how that, see what that looks like on a, on a weekly 
um, schedule, that is terrible. Because especially on the weekend, you want to have some fun. You want to go. You want to play. You want to, you know, relax. And you have to work until like maybe 5, 6, 7 o'clock. The parties are starting around 5, 6, or 7. You know, that's that's where that's where it starts jumping. And you want to be there. But no, you're stuck at work. While everyone else is at home with their families or, you know, hanging out with friends. Well, anyway... What I'm what I'm talking about here is um, with the time, I had these funky schedules, and for some reason, you know, whenever I had a class maybe around one o'clock, and uh, you know I'd probably sleep late, I found myself waking up to prepare for that class and get dressed and you know get breakfast and everything, but I found myself waking up at like ten oh nine a.m. And because my schedule was set for three months at a time, you know, for over each, uh, over the course of each semester, well, this would reoccur every time that particular schedule, you know, if I had a one o'clock class, my alarm would go off at 10 and I might wake up only at 10.09. What I'm saying here is there were a number of moments when I would check my watch at 10.09 a.m. It, it happened so frequently that it was just a, a, a peculiar coincidence again. Like, hey, I'm checking my watch at 10.09. Now, you're probably saying, well, what does that have to do with 109? Well, look at that. Look at those, those numbers. Look at that time, 10.09. What numbers do you see? One, a zero, another zero, and a nine. Okay, let's put these together and let's sort of, let's add the values, okay? On the, with hours, you have one and zero, all right? One before zero, that makes 10, right? All right, so that the hour is 10, so we have the 10. On the minute side, we have a, a zero and a nine. We have the zero before the nine. Now, what value do you have? Well, that zero is only a placeholder. So the, that zero does not add any value. The only value that you see there is the value of nine. This is sort of a, a, a mathematic, an arithmetic, you know, sort of a breakdown of the time. So what I'm saying here is even when I looked at the clock and I saw the, the time was 10.09, to me, I still saw only 10.09. Or rather, I was playing with this idea like, hey, 10.09 a.m. is still my birthday, 10.09. Now, think about this. Sometimes when you write the date, you might write, for instance, if you were going to write October 9th, specifically in the style that we are accustomed to in America, which is uh, month, month, day, day, year, 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 year. Because, of course, in Korea and in other countries, it's day, day, month, month. Okay, or even um, before year, 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 or it's year, 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 day, day, month, month, you know, and, and all of this. But specifically in America, we put the month before the day. All right. So here, when you look at 1009, if you change those, that, that colon and put a forward slash, what do you get? But the date, October 9th, 1009. You see what I'm getting at? Even when I looked at the clock at 10.09 a.m., I still saw October 9th. It was, a, it was an allusion to my birthday again. And I just had this habit of waking up 
I said that my alarm clock went off, but it wasn't always that my alarm would go off. Excuse me. My alarm was not set for 10.09 a.m. That's not what happened. It might be that my alarm was set for 10 a.m. And I didn't rise out of bed until 10.09 a.m. All right, that might have happened. But what really happened is I'd be up and something would tell me, check your watch. And it, I'd check my watch at 10.09 a.m. And I'd be like, whoa, that's interesting. I checked my watch at, you know, that particular, that special time. Okay, okay. So that's enough about the clock in South Korea. 2015, all right, five years later. And um, I'm still living in, in, I'm still living in South Korea. And I take uh, a lot of trips to Japan just because Japan and Korea are located um, near each other. Um, I would take the ferry because the ferry is uh, cheap. It might cost me $30 for a round-trip ticket on the ferry. It's a three-hour ferry ride. Um, pretty safe, pretty doggone safe, and um, smooth, nice, kind of luxurious, actually. All right, well, the date was October 6th, 2015, and I had made my way to um, Japan from Korea. Few interesting things happened while I was there. One, um, I went to a ramen restaurant in Japan, and I walked into the restaurant. There were a number of seats available, and there was an usher there, and he ushered me directly to seat number ten. Now, so what? Who cares about seat number ten? Well, here's the thing. All of the seats were numbered, and when I sat at seat ten. And I looked up at the seat number. To the right, I could see the number 9. So look at that. I'm looking, I look up and I see the number 10 and then I see the number 9. Now, if we were in America, this would be different. I would have looked up. If, my, if I sat in, at, at seat 10, I would have looked up and seen the number 9 to the left. Right? It would have been uh, 9 and then 10. But here's the thing. In Japan... They read from right to left rather than left to right. And so to the right, the numbers were going down. They were lower, okay? And so when I sat at this seat, I looked up and I could see to the right that the number was nine. So I, when I sat down, when I was ushered, first of all, first off, remember, I was ushered to this seat. And there were plenty of other seats, but the usher brought me there, and he sat me down at seat 10. And then the next point is, I look up, and I see 10, and I see 9. So there it was, right there for me. Boom. That's what happened while I was in Japan. Okay. Now, the following day or so, um, it was time for me to return from Japan back to Korea. I boarded the ferry at 9.30 in the morning to go back to Korea. And the ferry number was Ferry 109. There it was again. Okay, now I get back to Korea, and now I have to take a train from where I got the ferry to go home. I have to take a train. And I bought a ticket on the train. I go 
to get on the train to sit down and um, I noticed that my my seat assignment is in row 10. Now, I didn't ask to be seated in row 10. The, the, the attendant, the, the train attendant, gave me a ticket, just handed me a ticket. I went to the train, and it wasn't until I got to the train that I realized, hey, I'm, seat, I'm seated in row 10. I don't remember what train number, what train car it was, but I was seated in row 10. And then there it was again because... Just as the numbers were in ascending order from right to left, that's how the train numbers were seated or, or were uh, displayed. Now, the Koreans don't read from right to left as, as the Japanese do. But if you can imagine the front of the train, okay, if I'm standing, if I'm standing however I'm standing, and, well you know, the orientation, how I'm standing. If I'm standing, golly, I guess, with my face to the the left side of the train, I guess that is the best way to describe this, then the left wall or the left aisle. If I if my face and the front of my body is facing the um the left aisle, then to my right, up that way is the um, is the front of the train, and then to my left, that is the rear of the train. So if you can follow that, if you if you if you can get that orientation, then to my right, the front of the train, that's where the numbers begin, and it starts one, two, three, four, five, all the way down. And so for where I was standing at row ten, to the right, the next number went down. Okay, it was descending. So the next number was 9. So basically, I got my seat assignment in row 10, and there I was on this train in Korea, and I could see the number 9 right to the right of it. So I could clearly see 10, 9 once again. All right, uh, Kobe, where are we? You're at 109 right now. All right, y'all. You still with me? So I didn't ask to be assigned that, that seat. And then I also was peculiarly puzzled, you know, because I was saying to myself, well, why did they give me this seat? Because there are a number of available seats. And why didn't I get assigned seat one or a seat uh, in row one, row seven, row 20, row 15? Why? Why row 10? And what was really peculiar about this is that it was October 6th, three days before my birthday. So... Any moment when I saw 10 and 9, it really resonated with me like, whoa, what's happening here? That was in the year of 2015. All of that happened in 2015. The, the, the train, the, the ramen restaurant, and the ferry. And that all happened within, you know, a three-day period or, or so. Okay, I'm going to add a little bit to this story because when I got back to Korea, when I got back to my home... I was teaching at another university. There were other signs that I would see on the campus um, because I guess I was lonely thinking about my birthday. But the, the thing about it, yeah, 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 exactly. I must have been just focusing on my birthday. But I wasn't looking for these things. But because my mind was resting on, you know, I was meditating on my birthday, then 
I would attract these moments. I would attract these things. And so I found myself uh, staring at a sign and it read 1072. And I thought, oh, there's one zero, that's 10 and seven two, that's nine. Hey, that's my birthday right there. I took a picture of that one. Now you have to do some math in order to see that. But without doing all of that, I'll tell you about another instance. Same day, on the same day, I was walking across campus and there was a car parked in my, in route to, uh, back to my, my dormitory. I was a university professor, but we lived on the campus in a, in a dormitory. Strange arrangements. Yeah, I left that job. You know, that was particularly one of the reasons why. Um, because professors were living on the campus in dorm rooms. Okay. Well, this, this car that was parked in my, um, in my path, the license plate read 10-9. So I could clearly see it. And this was, now this was two days before my birthday. All right. So this was October 7th when I saw 10-9 on this car. So I'm just like picking up all of these moments where I'm, um, I'm encountering these numbers and I'm just saying, wow, here it is again. Here it is again. Okay. Okay, guys. Now, I, I mentioned, you know, I left that job and I did in 2016 because I was hired in Saudi Arabia and I moved there to work because there was, they promised more money. And I was so grateful because in addition to uh, more money, there was also uh, more opportunities for me to travel. Um, although I lived in Korea for nine years, I didn't take advantage of travel because I was scared. Um, I was scared to travel alone. And I was also, uh, I didn't have a lot of money. I was paying bills and trying to get rid of debts um, in Korea. Um, but when I moved to Saudi Arabia, I had so much more money that I was able to pay off my debts. And I still had a surplus so I could use that to travel. So in 2016, when I moved to Saudi Arabia, my life changed dramatically. And I took it upon myself to travel more because I said I lost nine years of my life in South Korea where I wanted to travel. Now I'm going to travel. You know, to that, um, I, you know, I traveled to 17 countries in 2017 alone. Okay. Now, 109 followed me to these countries. Here's what happened. Uh, I want to make it clear. In 2017, I took my first trip to Ethiopia. 2017, where I visited the city of Aksum. In addition to Addis Ababa, Bahirdar, Gondar, Lalibela. Okay? And Aksum. All right? So I learned a lot about Ethiopian history um, on that trip. And I guess I was forever changed after that trip, okay? But at the time, I was living in Saudi Arabia. Now, in addition to Ethiopia, I traveled to Cuba in 2017. And something interesting happened here in Cuba. I was reading The Motorcycle Diaries One Night, the book written by Che Guevara. Now, if you know Che Guevara, you know that he led the Cuban Revolution alongside um, Fidel Castro and I was reading that book and within the first few pages I read that Che Guevara was killed on October 9th boom there it was okay now Che Guevara was killed in Bolivia not in Cuba 
However, the fact, the mere fact that I was reading about Che Guevara in the country where he is, where his legacy um, permeates and where he led the revolution, like Che's spirit, to me, Che's spirit still lives in Cuba. And you can find pictures of Che all over um, Cuba from, you know, uh, quotes of his and statues and whatnot. So I, I really thought, man, Che's spirit really lives here. And I thought, wow, I'm reading that Che died on October 9th. Now, October 9th, again, that's my birthday. Of course, Che died in 1967. I was born in 1979. So there's a 12-year difference. But the f mere fact that I was learning about Che's death in the country where his legacy permeates, that really made for um, a very significant discovery for me. And so I imagine that I was in alignment. I, I imagine that somehow my travel to Cuba was more than just a vain attempt to see this island nation, this communist, socialist island nation. No, I believed I was meant to be there. And this was a part of my discovery, or this, was, uh, this discovery was a part of my journey that was simply unfolding because I was taking leaps of faith, boarding planes, and moving to these spiritual points. And so... Cuba was one of those spiritual points where I encountered 10-9. So that's, that's how I rationalized. That's how I, I made sense of this and justified what was happening to me. So this was a very important moment. Che Guevara, 10-9 in Cuba. After Cuba, I traveled to Peru. And I made my way to another spiritual location, Machu Picchu. There at Machu Picchu, I climbed up Montaña Machu Picchu. I made it to the summit, or I summited the mountain at 10.08 a.m. And in that moment, I was kind of wondering to myself, well, what do I do now? I've taken pictures, selfies, and I've looked around at the view, and I've done everything that I can do. And then I realized, you know what? I think the Inca spirits are, are communicating with me through 10.9. Because at this point... Having, you see, 10-9 was going from a neat coincidence with my birthday to now 10-9 was becoming more this spiritual, spirituality, the spiritual thing that was, that was being unlocked. And it was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm touching these historic, significant, spiritual, highly spiritual um, places and I keep finding 10-9 there has to be some significance um, with it. It's, it's, it's connected somehow. I'm cosmically becoming more in line. And here I am atop this highly spiritual place, Machu Picchu in Peru. And there are the numbers again. Now, of course, the numbers were 1008 that I, that I looked at. I checked my watch at 1008. And then I imagine, okay, what do I do now? This, is, this was my question when I checked my watch at 1008. What do I do now? And I, 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 I formulated the answer at 10.09, I'm going to go down the mountain because I've done every, I've completed my mission is what I, I, I did atop the mountain. So at 10.09 a.m. on the dot, I began to descend 
from Machu Picchu. And I enjoyed the rest of my day, having felt as if the spirits had communicated with me atop the mountain through 10-9. All right. Okay. Now, I traveled uh, back to Saudi Arabia where I lived and worked um, in between 2016 and 2018. Um, we're still in 2017, um, but by the end of 2017, I made one last trip to Sri Lanka to visit friends, Damit and Craig. And between Cuba, between my, my trip to Cuba, um, South America as well, uh, Peru, um, and my trip to Sri Lanka, there were several months um, over which I had not encountered 10-9 in any, you know, significant, mysterious, peculiar way. And so I thought, hey, maybe I had imagined all of this stuff and maybe I'm in the clear. Maybe I'm free of my fixation with these numbers and I should just relax because I've traveled the globe. And yes, when I went to Sri Lanka, so for, for a few months before my trip to Sri Lanka, nothing happened. And then I went to Sri Lanka and still nothing happened. I didn't see 10-9 in Sri Lanka or what have you. And then I flew back to Saudi Arabia. And so I felt like, hey, I'm in the clear. I'm cured. Okay? I can put all that 109 stuff behind me. I'm done with it. And then what happened in Saudi Arabia? I'm As I'm exiting the airport... I step out onto the curb and the taxi, the taxi that I'm matched with, the license plate read 109, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, there go, the num the, there go those numbers again. I'm not free from this. They're still following me. They're still with me. They're still haunting me. They're still with me. They're still following me. So... There I was in Saudi Arabia encountering 10-9 once again. Now, you got to think about this one, okay? I stepped out onto the curb to hail a, a taxi. And the taxi that I matched with, well, the license plate has 109 on it. This is not a standard uh, practice or like not every car is 1091, 1092, 1093. No, it's not like that. This is completely random. And if I had been one minute earlier or one minute later, perhaps that taxi would have gone to another passenger. And yet there I was ready to meet that taxi at that moment. Of course, I don't know what time that was. It was not 10.09 a.m. That, that really would have been a, um, a more bizarre experience if these encounters would happen to me at 10.09 or 1.09 a.m. or p.m., right? But these were, just, these were just these moments when I saw those numbers and I'm like, hey, there they are again. And not only do I just see them, but here they are in alignment with me, matching me. So that's what happened when I arrived back in Saudi Arabia. I lived and, worked in, lived and worked in Saudi Arabia between 2016 and 2018. By 2018, I was um, preparing to leave Saudi Arabia, and I went to Ethiopia for one last trip. All right? I made a trip to Ethiopia for the last time. And what happened? I went to Addis Ababa University, and they have a museum there. 
it's also the uh, I think the first palace, the first um, uh, uh, the first palace for um, Emperor Haile Selassie. It's the first palace, but then there's another palace. I believe it's in Harar. It's called the Jubilee, the Jubilee Palace. Okay, and the Jubilee Palace is in a different area. I never, I have never been there. But this palace in Addis Ababa University—that's the one I went to. That's where the museum is today. So I'm at the museum, and the museum is located on the second floor of the palace, the former palace. I'm looking around, and then I have to go to the bathroom. I make my way to the bathroom, and as I'm walking to the bathroom, I pass by a door. A door that has written on it, 109. Now I'm completely shocked. I'm taken aback. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do those numbers mean in, in Ethiopia? Really, what do they mean? I still don't have an answer to this day, but those numbers were written on the door. Now, to give you some idea of what, what, what I'm talking about, those numbers were not supposed to be there. Okay, and I also want to sort of add a disclaimer. I didn't write those numbers up there. I'm not in the habit of um, vandalizing property, and I didn't carry a marker that day so that, you know, I could write those numbers up there. No, that's not what happened. But someone wrote those numbers up there, and they weren't supposed to be there. You see, that number, the, the doors, numbers, because we were on the second floor, the, the numbers of that door are 209-203. There must be two offices um, behind that door, office 202 and 203. But that that's the number, 202-203, not 109. And yet someone wrote 109 on that door. And I saw it. I noticed it as I was walking to the bathroom. And there it was. The last time I was in Ethiopia, I saw 109 on that door. I thought that was a, a peculiar moment. So I, I took a photo of that door and, um, and I made a mental note. Like, dang, I saw 109 in Ethiopia. After Ethiopia, well, okay. Before we get into Oman, which uh, I moved to Oman in 2019, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a little tidbit here about Japan. We're gonna go back a little bit. In Japan, I learned only recently, within the last year or two, only within the last year or two, I learned. Excuse me. <clears throat> I learned that in Japan, the numbers one zero and nine have a a huge significance. You see. The Japanese partake in something called Goro Awase, which is Japanese wordplay. And those numbers, 109 in particular, um, when they are spoken, okay, for instance, when they read the number 10, to they, they have to say to, or uh, to say 10 in Japanese is to. And then to describe the number 9, they say kyu, K-Y-U, kyu. The, the K and the G have a similar sound, so it may sound like G or Q, okay? So if you listen, if you put that together, 10, 9, all right? If you put it together, it's uh, uh, To, Q, To, Q, To, Q. Now, what does that sound like? Tokyo, Tokyo. Doesn't it sound like Tokyo? Only the final syllable is different, right? Tokyo, Tokyo. So... Because there's a similarity between Tokyo and Tokyo, 109, 
is very popular in Japan because it's a play on the words. Ten Nine is very close to Tokyo, the name of their capital city. And so you'll find there are businesses named Tokyo. For instance, Tokyo Hands in Japan. You'll also find the Shibuya 109 located in Japan. So there is some significance, okay, in Japan um, with these numbers. Now, my question was, what's the significance in Ethiopia? Because someone wrote 109 on that door. I don't know. I still don't have the answer. Okay. Now, let's continue um, going back in chronological order. In 2019, I moved to the, the Sultanate of Oman, where I lived for about seven months. And then by the time I left, okay, I was fired unceremoniously unsurreptitiously uh, I don't know which one unceremoniously I was fired right and I had to pack up my bags and I had to leave the country now I wasn't going to leave the country until they paid me all the money that I was due and they had booked a flight for me and they were like okay you can go home now and I'm like I'm not leaving until I get all my money they said okay we're going to make a transfer uh, from the bank into your account so that you can get your money before you leave I said great I'm in Oman people Oman beautiful country Beautiful country, beautiful people. I wish I could have lived there much longer. I would love to go back. Um, it's amazing. All right? Very peaceful. Very peaceful. Very relaxed. So many adventures from uh, water sports. You know, you can go snorkeling, scuba diving, wind sailing. You can go hiking. You can uh, drive in the desert. Okay. Oman's beautiful. Um, I wish I could have lived there longer. Anyhow. I was fired, and they were like, you're going home. I said, give me my money. They said, we're transferring your money. Go check your bank account. I said, well, I would have received a message from the bank if I had the money in my account. I haven't received a message in my uh, bank account or in my uh, cell phone. I haven't received a message from the bank. Therefore, I know the money's not there. But my, my boss, my manager, told me, no. There may be a mistake. Go check your bank account. So I had to walk from my hotel to the local ATM for the bank. So on day one, I went to the ATM to check my bank account. I had not received a message from the bank. My money was not there. I said, I told you, I haven't received a message. My money's not there, yada, yada, yada. He said, but Larry, um, to be certain, you should go to the bank and check. You should go to the ATM because maybe your phone, maybe there's an issue with the phone or whatever. And I'm like, I reluctantly acquiesced. I capitulated. I said, fine, I will walk in that hot desert air, you know, a few blocks every day until my money is in my account. I will do this. I thought it was ridiculous because their banking systems are kind of efficient. And I expected to receive a message. On day two, I went to the ATM a second time and my money was not there. And I said, again, I told you I hadn't received the message. I knew my money wasn't there. Yada, yada, yada. He said, Larry, the money should arrive. Check again tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll wait till tomorrow. So the third day, I suppose it was the third day. It, it had to have been the third day. And I'll just, I'll just leave it at the third day. It, it, that's a nice round or that's a nice number, right? Threes, right? On the third day, again, I'm tired of this, but I, I get up and I walk to the ATM. Now, on my way to the ATM, there is a car, a taxi in my path. 
and I noticed that the taxi's license plate reads 1090. Now, by this time, I said to myself, I know those numbers. Those are familiar numbers to me. Those are spiritual numbers for me. And I thought to myself, okay, I haven't received a message from the bank. So they haven't confirmed whether the money is in my account. But I have confirmation on this car's uh, license plate, which reads 1090. I said, yes, my money is in the bank. So I went to the bank account. I went to the ATM to check my bank account. And sure enough, my money was there. I called my manager. I said, yes, the money is there. I'm ready to leave the country. Let's go. And that's how I left Oman after being fired. Excuse me again. So imagine that. I knew that my money had been deposited when I saw 1090 on that car. Now, I went to the bank, got my uh, confirmation from the balance at the bank. And on my way back to the hotel, that taxi was gone. Yep. I took a picture of it beforehand I, for evidence. I definitely took a picture. Put about three, three photos of that, um, that one. Okay. That was in 2019. Now, that's not the only story that I have about Oman, but that's the one I'm going to tell for right now. All right. It, the year is 2022 right now. I'm going to wrap this up because I traveled to Europe recently. I mean, I'm going to wrap this up because, yeah, this is pretty long. I was hoping to get this stuff out in 10 minutes, and here it is 45 minutes later or 35 minutes later. Okay. <clears throat> I was traveling through Ireland. Um, I went to a restaurant. And I sat to, sat down and had a meal, smoked a cigar. The restaurant is a hundred, more than a hundred years old, and um, my bill, my tab, my bill came to twenty one euros and I think ten cents. So there, one oh nine is not there in my bill, but the tab number, my bill number, was one oh nine. Imagine that. How did that happen? How did that link up? What a serendipitous moment. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. And there I was handed bill 109. I said, wow, and even in Ireland this is happening to me. I also traveled to Sweden. On the day that I went to the Nobel Peace Prize Museum in Sweden, on the tour of, at the Nobel Peace Prize Museum, I was confronted with uh, a display that behind the display there was a telegram with the numbers 10 and 9 written on it. I was standing about 8 feet away from the display, but the numbers were written so large, 109, that I could see it from that far away. And I was like, I'm bugging, right? I'm, I'm making this up, right? I'm imagining things. Like, that's not 109, is it? So what I did is I asked the tour guide if she could read the number for me because I I could have been mistaken. I could have been imagining things. So I asked her, I said, excuse me, can you tell me what those what those numbers are on that piece of paper and that display? And she said, OK. So she rattled off, rattled off the numbers. And then sure enough, she said one oh nine. I was like, wow. On my visit to the Nobel Peace Prize Museum. This happens. Of all the numbers, it could have been 444, 111, 1212. It could have been any other number, but no, it was 109. And there I was, 
Okay. Finally, I'm going to end this with uh, a story about England. I stayed in a hotel in England. And, um, oh my gosh, I completely forgot about Ghana. Okay, I've got to include Ghana. So I went to Ghana within the last month month or two. And while I was in Ghana, I was uh, assigned um, room number 109. I was assigned room 109 at the at the hotel. Completely randomly. There it was. I was assigned that room number like, what? Why not 111? Why not 112? Why not 3 something? Why not 5 whatever? I got room 109. All right. Now, after having all of these experiences with these numbers 109 over the years, I kind of grew I've grown to expect to see 109 in some capacity but I don't go looking for it but I kind of expect it and I kind of um, I'm certainly delighted when I see it but I'm like all right when when is the next one going to happen so here I am in England and they give me room 111 but what's interesting is 111 is next to room 109 and so every day that I leave room 111 I have to pass by 109. So it was a constant reminder that 109 was right there with me, even if I wasn't, you know, assigned to that room. There it was. All right, so these are my experiences. What's that? 2004 to 2022. That's 18 years of experiences that we just ran down um, over the last uh, 50 minutes here. So again, Kobe, where are we? You're at 109 right now. <laughs> That's what it is, y'all. Um, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed uh, watching the video that I put together to um, uh, supplement or complement um, this audio recording. All right? Peace and blessings.